May I speak in the name of the Holy and Blessed Trinity, one God in three persons. Amen. The term nominative determinism comes from the theory held by a few psychologists that your name determines what you choose to do in life. It is certainly highly entertaining to observe those whose jobs fit their names. From Les McBurney, the firefighter, to Sarah Blizzard, the weather presenter from Lord Brain, the neurologist, to Dr. Toothman, the dentist. In my own case, the link is somewhat obvious. I was meant to be a boy, and my father's favorite character from the Bible was Paul. So you don't need very much psychological training to join the dots and be unsurprised that I chose the writings of Paul as my own academic speciality. Nevertheless, today I am especially enjoying the fact that I, Paula, a Pauline scholar, am preaching at my own cathedral, St Paul's, on the feast day of both of our patronal festivals, the conversion of St Paul. You don't get a lot more Paul-focused than that. I should confess to you also that not only am I a Pauline scholar, my research specialism is the religious experiences of Paul and how they affect his theology. One of the most of these, important of these experiences is, of course, his conversion. So do get comfortable we may be some time. Today, we gather to remember and to celebrate the events we heard from the Acts of the Apostles just now in the reading, where Paul, on his way to persecute the disciples of the Lord, saw a light and heard a voice from heaven, and as a result, changed completely. One of the major questions raised about that iconic moment on the road to Damascus that we celebrate today is what we should call it. Some argue, and I would agree, that what happened to Paul cannot technically be called a conversion because joining, in the technical sense of conversion meaning joining a religion, because at that point, Christianity did not exist separately from Judaism. Paul moved from one type of Jewish adherence, Pharisaism, to another, the following of the way. Whether that can be called conversion is debatable. And I can assure you, it is debated at great length. Another option is to call it the calling of St. Paul and to see in it Jesus calling Paul to a new vocation, a new way of life, a little like that of the prophets. The problem with this is it downplays the radical affective change in Paul. 
There is no doubt that Paul was a different person as a result of what happened, something that he refers to on more than one occasion in his letters. This pushes us back again to the word conversion in a less technical form. At his conversion, Paul changed deeply, profoundly, and irrevocably. But why? What made him change? This is the question that has fascinated me for years and still fascinates me today. The story presented in Acts 9 that we heard a few moments ago, which is also repeated in Acts 22 and Acts 26, gives us some important clues. A little side note, though, before we look at the clues. The mildly confusing part of our celebration today is that we celebrate the conversion of Paul. But here in Acts, he's called Saul. It is popularly assumed that he changed his name when he became a Christian. The problem with this is that that is a much later practice in the Christian church and very unlikely to have been something that Paul did. Much more likely is the fact that Saul was Paul's Hebrew name after the great King Saul of the Old Testament. Paul would have been part of his three-part Roman name, which if Acts is right about him being a Roman citizen, he most certainly would already have had. The change would probably be due to the fact that after his conversion, he lived in the wider Roman Empire rather than among Hebrew speakers. It's also worth noting that if you put the Hebrew word Saul into Greek, it becomes saulos, which means to mince or prance about. One can imagine that he might have preferred Paul. But back to the road to Damascus. The significance of what happened there can be focused on two key things. The flash of light and the hearing of a voice from heaven. Anyone who knows their Old Testament well will know that when God appears in the Old Testament, two things happen. There's some kind of dramatic event, like earthquakes, wind, fire, hail, lightning. And also, a voice from heaven speaks. Anyone who knows the tradition well, and no one knew it better than Paul, would know that this was a sure sign of what we like today to call technically a theophany, an appearance of God. This, then, is what happened on the road to Damascus. But something was different. The light flashed. A voice spoke. But then didn't say what Paul knew the voice would say. Paul's persecution of those early followers of Jesus was, in his mind, a simple act of righteousness. They were wrong and liable to lead others to be wrong too. His attempt to wipe them out was an attempt to protect God and to protect right worship of God. Imagine his confusion then, when he experienced his own longed-for theophany saw a light, heard a voice, 
But the voice said, why are you persecuting me? Paul's answer, who are you, Lord, indicates the depth of his struggle. The word Lord is vital here. No Jew would ever say the name of God. Whenever it appeared in the Holy Scriptures, they said instead, Adonai, Lord. It was one of the many, many reasons the Jews struggled so much with the Romans who insisted that Caesar be addressed as Lord. For a Jew, only one person had that title, God and God alone. For Paul to say, who are you, Lord, tells us that he recognized whoever was speaking to be God, but was confused. Jesus' answer, I am Jesus, is the final piece of the puzzle that Paul needed. God was speaking, and Paul, in that moment, knew who Jesus really was. In that moment, everything changed. The rest of Paul's life was, made, was spent making sense of this simple but overwhelming fact. Jesus Christ is Lord. What we celebrate today is that we, like Paul, still proclaim this. From the fact that Jesus is Lord comes everything that Christians think and say and do. As Paul went on to realise, and to write about extensively in his letters, if Jesus is Lord, everything in the world is different. The world is different. We are different. And we will never be the same again. It might, as it did for Paul, take a lifetime to discover what this means in practice. But I'm pretty confident that he would tell you that that would be a lifetime very well spent. Amen.